This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that can't believe what it witnessed on Saturday, part three. Yes, the same introduction for the last three weeks, but for different reasons. Now, from the ridiculous to the sublime to the downright bloody awful in the space of three games, only Chelsea can do this. Two steps forward, one massive step back. Now, while we've said that uh, this season will be defined by ups and downs like this, Boy, do Chelsea make it hard work for us. It really is the hope that kills you. Uh, a dozy and lacklustre performance that saw a series of brain farts, or awful defending and discipline depending on your viewpoint, capitulate in the second half as Newcastle all but ended the game with two goals inside two minutes. After the high of City, Chelsea supporters have crashed back down to earth in this roller coaster of a season. How much of this is on the players? How much on Poch? And how much of it on Clearlake? Can we wave goodbye to Europe for another season? And if that's the case, should Poch be worried about his future? Or are we all having the usual meltdown after a horrible defeat without seeing the bigger picture and perspective? Who can say? Anyway, the name of the show tonight is Brain Fog on the Tyne. Chelsea fancast number 185. And of course, I am Stamford Chidge. And as ever, I am joined by His Royal Highness, the Duke of Kid. Oh, Duke, 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 Duke of Kid. Um, uh, I didn't know the Duke of Kid had a Royal Highness. I've just promoted you, mate. That's all. You have, haven't you? Yeah, thank you very much. Does that mean I sit in the House of Boards? I probably do, don't you? Quite probably. House of Boards. Um, uh, Yes. Yes, what a... I have to say, I've changed my tune a bit, Chidge. You were a bit fucked off on Saturday, mate. I was. I've, yes, I noticed. I, was. I noticed in the fan bike. Mind <laughs> you, we I, all were. We all were completely, utterly. Yeah. I know. I think it's the expectation of the fact we really thought that they would, they would turn it on. 
but um, particularly against a very weak and Newcastle side. But um, uh, on reflection, I think we were undone by those moments of idiocy, the terrible defending. Well, that's my corner. script out the window then. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I won't talk about that now. Let's talk about it a bit later. <laughs> Just to say that I have, I've changed my, I've changed my tune a bit because I didn't think, I thought there were, there were moments. I think one of the, there were, well, I'm going to get onto it. I thought they played okay in, in the second half was really tricky for them because they absolutely fucked it by the, the two er- ridiculous errors they made. Um, uh, um, I mean the the, t- the terrible unchallenged header, um, Thiago's dreadful error, and then Reese James behaving like an ass. But also that was also down to the referee, as I said on my fan bite, because nobody in this season has been giving any freak any yellow cards for the ball being kicked away ever in any games at all. So what the fuck Hooper decided to do that for in that game was absolutely beyond me. But we'll get on to that. We'll get on to my despair of the refs, and he as a referee. God save us. He started giving decisions about 40 yards away. He's me. He stands in the centre circle. He's a little chubby bloke. Doesn't run. Enough. Um, uh, but yes, yes, yes. Uh, can I say who's on the show? It's the. This, um, is, this is why you're fundamentally here in, in the yeah, early yeah, part of the show. Only to this is your job. You have one yeah. job, JK. Yeah, yeah. And I almost cocked it, Chich. I almost <laughs> cocked it. <laughs> By talking too much. Yeah, because who I'm going to introduce, of course, we can actually just let, you know, carry on talk about the game because he is so well informed and such a great knowledge of our wonderful football team. Uh, it is, of course, um, Mr. Gate 17 himself. It is a wonderful publisher of uh, so many Chelsea books and friend and uh, uh, lovely um, uh, accompanist. Sounds as if you're, sounds as if you're a pianist. Um, uh, Sweet man all right is, of course, Mr. Marco Worrell. Lovely to have you on the show, Marco. Fantastic. Thanks for the intro. Great to be on the show again. I think the last time I was on, we were bemoaning um, a panelling of some sort. Do you remember? Who, I can't remember who that who that was. Can you remember who it was? It's definitely somebody. We, we'd definitely taken a beating because um, everybody was saying, oh, Marco, even Marco's really negative and he's normally so positive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Yes, yes I know. Right. It's all coming back to me. I wish I could remember. See, this is the beautiful. This is why I'm never too negative because I forget. I, you know, I'm 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 like a fish. You know, I, I forget after about three seconds what I've even seen or who it was. You know, and I'm like back back to square one again. You know, but Marco, it's always lovely to see you, my friend. I mean, it's so funny. I see you probably more regularly than all the others on the show because I always make make an effort to come and say hello on the CFC UK stall, and yet you're probably one of the most infrequent guests on the show. So it's, I, can't, I haven't quite squared that one in my head yet, but it's lovely to see you. You don't invite me on enough. Mate, you can come on, <laughs> mate. You can come on every week. You just say, you when, oh, I, put no. the, when I put the schedule on, when I put the schedule in, you, you say, Chidge, just put me down for a Monday, you say. So I do. Yeah. I put you down for a Monday, and you only get one. <laughs> you've got you've got two you've got you've got two i think you've got two coming yeah, up or maybe yeah, a monday and a friday monday, so yeah all right yeah, yeah. anyway uh we're gonna get into all of this uh a lot uh, a lot actually over the next uh, hour or two uh but as ever don't forget you can listen to the show live live every monday and friday at around half past seven we're always late everybody knows that by now uh and you can do so by uh going to mixler which is uh m-i-x-l-r chelsea hyphen fancast dot m-i-x-l-r dot com and of course if you do that you can join in all the chat by posting on the live chat page 
as many of you do. Good motley crew in there. Uh, uh, good motley crew in there um, tonight, by the looks of, it, including Mr. Dean Mears of this parish. So there we go. Dino, 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 Dino. We often get, you know, this is the, this is the. I mean, I, I love all the people I do the show with. Obviously, I mean, they wouldn't be on it if I didn't. But one of the things I love most of all is that even if they're not on the show, quite often they appear in Mixler. Like, quite often see Tony in there and Mark Meehan. It's absolutely fantastic. There you go. Right, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review. Now, um, I understand that uh, Friday's show was late going up on Spotify, and I, I did investigate this with Acast. It was nothing to do with us. It was Spotify being shit for some reason. I don't know why, but there you go. Now, talking of uh, the Mixler chat room, uh, we also have another kind of chat space called Discord, which is is basically like Mixler, but 24-7. Lovely people in there again. Very much like, you know, Twitter without the wankers, frankly. Uh, we do nappy shit occasionally, but I think that we're allowed to. But uh, everybody's quite respectful and polite at the end of the day. Uh, so if you want to join that, there's only one way to do that. You have to sign up and become a Patreon, uh, which basically is a sly way for me to uh, remove you of some funds once a month uh, and then spend it on beer or other things. Uh, but uh, it's all very gratefully received, as you can imagine. Um, there's no pressure. You know, I honestly, I love you all equally. If you donate, I love you. If you don't donate, I still love you. Um, but if you do want to, if you want to support the show, then go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and if you do, obviously, I will send you a link to join the Discord group. You can join in the fun with everybody else. In fact, funny enough, talking to Discord, I was in there on Saturday because, of course, I was watching said match on dodgy stream. So I... I was chatting with all the peeps in Discord, which is great fun. The other thing is, if you want one, um, I will send you a, uh, a mini uh, banner, uh, the Kerry Dixon banner, uh, a replica of the one that we have hanging up at the Matthew Harding end. So, you know, it's got fringe benefits. <laughs> what can I say? Right. After uh, this very short break, we will be talking about Newcastle United versus Chelsea. Geordie bastards. Right, okay. We Well, I mean, we should really start with Newcastle versus Chelsea, but I'm not going to, um, for very good reason. Um, some very sad news yesterday, which was that uh, Terry Venables uh, uh, sadly passed away at the age of 80. Um, younger listeners will know Terry Venables possibly as uh, the England manager who took us to a semi-final where we lost on penalties to West Germany in the European Championships. Uh, but the, we are we are blessed to have an older listener and in fact participant who would have seen young Terry Venables play for Chelsea in the early '60s when he was part of uh, Doherty's Diamonds. So um, it's it seemed to be very fitting that we should uh, appreciate Terry Venables and and mark his passing by having a quick chat about him and what he meant to Chelsea and football in general. But it would be remiss of me not to start with you, J.K., because you would have seen the man play, wouldn't you? I, I was, I, he'd gone off to Spurs before. I, I mean, I think he was actually at QPR by the time I started supporting Chelsea. But uh, anyway, uh, I loved him. 
completely loved him. Um, very sad to hear of his, his death. Um, wonderful personality, great character, um, infectious. You could tell he was a terrific man-manager. You could tell he was a, a terrific man. Uh, I love the fact that he'd written episodes of a private investigator series called Hazel on the box at the time and was a sort of pub singer. Well, he wasn't he was better than a pub singer. He was a decent cabaret artist. Uh, so many strings to his bow. He was a he was a, a cheeky chap. There's a lovely interview with him on well, on um, uh, on YouTube where he's 16. He's discussing what it's like to play for Chelsea. And he played with Doherty's Diamonds um, in that period where they were a fantastic side. Um, and one of my favourite players at the time was George Graham, who then went to Arsenal, won the double stroller, as he was called, uh, was swapped for Tommy Baldwin. At the time, I was in in despair that he'd been swapped. He was such a good player, and he was his best man at his wedding. So it showed you what uh, how matey they all were. They were very close. A very They were a terrific side, um, all very, very young. I suppose one could make comparisons with all of this team being young, but somehow they they took the... Uh, they took the first division by storm. Part of it was, I think, the tactics that Doherty used were very akin to wing-backs. Um, he had McCready and um, Alan Harris for a period, and um, Marvin Hinton was another back, but he played at centre-half as well. Um, he had the full-backs roaming. I think Johnny Holland sort of crossed across. across um, also, lots of these players that I'm talking about, you probably won't know. But there was a great energy about Doherty's team, and um, it, it was very difficult not to be fond of all of them because they all put in such an effort and they weren't far away from you because they were youths um there was always the, the thing you I might be able to get into this team and I'm a bit older there was that always that lovely joy of of watching them um and Venner himself I call him Venner because they all did I obviously didn't tell um he um uh he, he was slightly frustrating because he, he wasn't a sort of glory boy you know tambling of bridges were the glory boys because they scored the goals and um, for a period, John Mortimer played for them. He went to Sunderland, became a decent manager, big centre-half. But um, you had Ron Harris coming through. But uh, Terry just used to, he was clearly the brains. He was the directional midfielder. And what he used to do, I remember, which you, you could do an impression of him, was stick his backside into the opponent and shield the ball and then lay it off. And we always used to go, oh, Benables, get rid of the ball a lot. Even though, I mean, He was sort of the slightly least popular just because... It, there was nothing, you know, the flair of George Graham, who would just mm. scoot about so beautifully uh, um, and one get into the penalty area and, and score goals. Whereas, whereas uh, Venables was always, he was the playmaker. And he was a terrific player, looking back. He really was. He was a cog in the wheel. But he had such a big personality that he, he and Doherty rubbed each other up the wrong way. And as a consequence, um, uh, as he did with Barry Bridges, Bridges left and went to Birmingham and... Um, uh, and Venables went to Spurs and, of course, won the FA Cup against us. And once again, it wrecked me. You know, that's the trouble I have with so many of our great players being transferred. It always wrecks me. And uh, and I therefore wasn't interested in his career at all from then on with Tottenham because I, I was so upset by it happening. Um, and similarly with Bridges, Bridges went off and he was, he was my favourite player at the time. He used to punch the air in celebration and always be put with such a quick centre forward, was rounding the goalkeeper and hitting it in. It was quite joyous. He had tambling as well, was a kind of ferrety forward, stooping low, bashing the ball, great shot into the corner all the time. So you had this brilliant, brilliant side. 
And I then didn't pay much attention to him. Of course, then he he, he emerged as a wonderful manager with Queen's Park Rangers, um, getting them to the final, which they lost, and I think getting them promotion, and then uh, went to Spurs, didn't he? Um, uh, where he won the FA Cup, and then he was England manager in our great period when we almost won the European Championship. And he was a, a he was a great interviewee. He always had a wise word. He was always friendly. He was always interesting. He was a great star, Venables. Great, great football person, English personality. Did you did you and did you see um the hat trick he scored against Roma in the in the Intercity First Cup? Indeed I did, Chidge. Indeed I did. Well 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 fed, Chidge. Fantastic. Because <laughs> because when I went I'm not to just Monaco, a pretty face, you know. It, it, when I went to Monaco to um uh, to watch us lose horribly under Ranieri, Ranieri in the Champions League semi-final. Before it, I was wandering about and I saw him in a cafe. I was wearing a backpack and I was actually stopped by the police on a few occasions. God, I looked a bit peculiar, but I practised my French on them and they, you know, they went, they, they went, oh, you're and, um, uh, and I went out to him. I said, Terry, do you mind me asking just a second? Uh, I, I loved your Roma goal. I was there. Uh, Chelsea won four one. I said, and I, I have a vague memory of it. And he went, "Oh God!" He was so enthusiastic and friendly, and um, you know, I, I left with me, me cockles well and truly uh, polished. It was he was just lovely, lovely, lovely man. But yeah, it, it um, he was he was. They could all tell he was going to be a, a, a top coach because, of course, he went to Barcelona and almost won the Champions League, lost on uh, penalties in a shootout, and. Um, uh because he was always trying to do things work things out like this this particular free kick involved him passing and then running round the wall and then being given the ball back and tapping in if i remember right or possibly my memory is ruined and it was actually a, a chip over somebody said it's actually on youtube i must have a look but whatever it was it was the kind of training field training ground stuff that he would you know we're always looking for new ways of foxing your opponent mm. you know really innovative and, uh, wasn't he yeah oh, unbelievably in innovative but but a great loss and a one wonderful man except always associated with him unfortunately was an element of dodginess which um i think was because he was always attempting to purchase the clubs i think there was much more to him because he had a very bright guy restaurant yeah mm. he wasn't just a he, he had his fingers he had his financial fingers in many other things which of course people were then you know saying oh well that's, that's not working very well he's he's run out of money you could there was always a little story going on about him that i felt was um uh it didn't help his 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 um reputation very yeah, much and i think got in the way actually yeah, maybe marco i mean uh, you and i you know you particularly have written a lot about this kind of thing i've i've touched on it as well and you know, we grew up, I mean, we we're a bit younger than JK. And uh, so the 70s and the 80s le left an indelible impression on us. And it, it was a time when, when football was full of characters. And I think if you look at Terry Venable's career, I mean, you, I mean picking up from what J JK was saying, but he, he's really one of the game's great characters, I think. I mean, we had the Mickey Thomas uh, thing, didn't we, the other week? Yeah. It's kind of uh, of that ilk. Um, but, uh, you know, apart from that, being a great character and a lovely bloke, he was a fantastic uh, football man, wasn't he? I think, uh, well, first thing I just want to say is what a wonderful obituary there by JK. That was absolutely superb. Oh, thank you. Um, fantastic recollections of his time at Chelsea. One, one, one thing that that reminded me of when JK was speaking about that, um, I, I think if you haven't seen it yet, 
um, listeners, I'll thoroughly recommend uh, or watching the the Jimmy Greaves film that BT Sport put out because some of the early footage in that was all around Chelsea, um, and Venner was one of the, um, the, the you could tell you know he was this kind of garrulous personality. He had the attitude. You could see it all. And he was like really effusive about that young Chelsea team. Um, and there's quite a lot of footage in that film that I, that I hadn't seen before or certainly hadn't seen edited together in such um, a splendid way. So it's certainly worth watching um, just, just to get a sense of what Chelsea was like uh, um, in the early 60s. Um, but yeah, sort of getting back to the point you've made, Chidge, um, I think it's just it's just so sad that we're we're kind of getting to that age now where the lights are one by one getting switched off um for all these wonderful, wonderful personalities that we kind of grew up with that were ingrained into our um you know uh, into our memory banks. Um and you know, Venner was kind of what didn't he do? I mean, he ran a nightclub, <laughs> he wrote a book, or he wrote books. Screen you know, well, TV dramas. Yeah, exactly. You know, he had his fingers in all kinds of pies. Um, he went to war with Alan Sugar, which deserves a knighthood in my book. Um, you know, he had it all. And like you say, I mean, I was very fortunate um, at the time of the Euro 96 campaign the company I was working for was one of the um, sponsors of the tournament, so I got to I got access to a lot of things, um, including kind of you know what was going on behind the scenes with the England team, uh, as well as going to the games. It's just, it just like the the belief, the attitude, the confidence. You know, here's a guy who not only talk the talk, but he walked the walk. And from a technical point of view, um, he had it all. His understanding of the game and what made people tick was extraordinary. Shame he never became the Chelsea manager, really. I know he was sort of had Tottenham, wasn't he, at the end of the day? Um, But, yeah, what a man. What a man. He really was. I, I got. I actually was privileged to. Uh, he could I, sing as well. He couldn't could sing. He? Well, funnily enough, yeah. I mean, because I, 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 lucky enough to interview him uh, back in two thousand and ten. Uh, it was. It wasn't. Wasn't like a, a fan cast type thing. It was. Uh, it was a paid gig as a director, but um, and it was basically to do a promo for him singing. Uh, he did a, an England song. Uh, I can't remember. I have a dream or something, but he was doing it on the top of the uh, the O. Well, what the what, I think it was the what do they call it? The Millennium Dome in those days, but you know what is now the O2 down in uh, Greenwich. And uh, but I, I mean, you know, I, I had I had about an hour just talking. I mean, you know, only about two minutes ended up on 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 film. But uh, the bit that was cut out was me talking to him about Chelsea and just football, and he was just a twinkle in his eye, an absolutely very bright, lovely, lovely man, and a football man through and through and uh, I think we have every right to claim him as one of our own because uh, um, anybody who was around in the 60s uh, like JK you know has a great affection for that Doherty's Diamonds team and and if you want to know more about that go and uh, go and get Tim uh, Tim Rolls's book uh, Dynamo's uh, what is it Devils and Diamonds Dynamo's and Devils yeah 
Yeah, that's the one. Dynamo's Diamonds and Devils by Tim Rolls, published by Gate 17, of course. So there you go. A forensic account of Mr. Doherty's time. It is indeed. Um, it, it's the book on it, really, if you think about it. Um, anyway, rest in peace, El Tell, and thanks for the memories. Uh, right, uh, now uh, time to talk about the football. Um, I mean, you know, JK was alluding to this in his intro, and I, I actually uh, I actually managed to write some notes this week because I was sitting here watching it on my computer. Um, but I was actually encouraged early doors. I thought we started quite well. We were pressing and attacking with intensity, and, uh, you know, we let a stupid goal in, which we'll talk about in a minute, but uh, came right back, conceded with an absolute... Stunner from Sterling. Where he where he picked that one out from, I don't know. But uh, ultimately, it was the atrocious defending. Well, there were a lot of things that cost us, I think. But first thing I want to talk about is the atrocious defending. Uh, the first goal, which I mentioned a minute ago, Cucurella goes to sleep ball-watching for the first. Um, you know, everybody pushed up, but not Cucurella. Miley passes it to uh, Isaacs. Bingo, 1-0. But they're all asleep. The... the... Joe Linton, who is just like comes kind of a of a jolly green giant of a player who doesn't seem to be able to control the ball or do anything, um, miskicked on the edge of the area, and there was nobody making a challenge at all. They're just all standing off, and it goes to this seventeen-year-old kid, wonder <clears throat> kid, apparently, who you know they're all going, "What a wonderful pass!" And I thought I looked at it, thought. Well, nobody challenged him. He just had to pick out the the nearest bloke in black and white. It wasn't a wonderful pass. Yeah, but like I said, if 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 Cucurella pushes up with everybody else, yeah, he was offside. He's offside. Absolutely. He was ball watching and half asleep. And I mean, Cucurella, I think, was also culpable for the second. Him and Baddy yes. Shield leaving Lascelles unmarked completely. Yes. This yes. has happened. Yeah. This has happened about yeah. three times in the last few matches. Silver's unbelievable brain fart for the third. Oh. Oh. And and Badia Shield not really getting tight enough to Gordon for the fourth. Um, I mean, it goes back to your point. I mean, we can all get really narky about all this, but that's one, two, three, four, three, three and a half stupid and all, errors. And 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 Reese's absolutely. Yeah, we'll get idiot. into that in a minute. I'll talk about. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the discipline separately. Well. Just yeah, okay, focus right. on these. These are these are what they call in tennis unenforced errors, mate. Yes. Yes. Which you know yes. they need to get them out of the game, mate. But I don't think it was as it's not as simple as that as well. It was the run of the other reasons for the the. No, I agree completely. The, the up until half time, and in fact, even fifteen minutes into the second half, up until the not until they the, scored the goals. Yeah, um, it was a really niggly game. We 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 were just you know the number of times bloody Trippier was just taking a free kick pissed me off. He's a he's a nasty piece of work. Trippier, all nasty and, piece uh, of work. He's, he's in the referee's ear all the sodding time, and yet if he was playing for you, you'd love him. It's it's that, and he's really he's actually a very he was good. Full, mate. He was, I was going to say, very good fullback indeed. He 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 had Sterling in his pocket a lot of the time. Um, just kept when he Sterling tried his his heart out. I thought um, the only time he, he 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 got through Sterling was for the free kick because Trippier had missed him and pulled him back, but still had it, had a word with the ref about it. How he managed not to get... Did he get booked in the end, Trippi? Yes, he got booked for that, didn't he? Yeah. But, I, I, you know, um, a wonderful free kick. But it was so niggly. I what, what I felt was, I felt that one of the reasons that we didn't compete in the way we should have done was, was Connor. And that was one of his worst games for me. He was absolutely off it. He had two opportunities to score when he was given the ball by dreadful goalkeeper. They were as bad as us in the first half. It was a really niggly kind of non-game. And we should have taken them to the cleaners because they they had so many people 
um, from the reserves in. And yet they've got a decent squad. They've got a decent squad. Some of those you looked at them and thought, well, he was playing last season. They're not bad. However, we still passed the ball very well. We just once again, it's almost as if this is our, our, our failure. It doesn't really matter how well we pass the ball. It, once again, if we're not slick enough to put the ball in the net, if we're not on top of it, as we were against City and against Spurs, we're, we're, we've had it. And Jackson, once again, put in a very, very, very poor shift indeed. And he's the focal point. And Connor, as I say, there was a moment where Connor got the ball. I think the ball was once again bad. Oh, yeah. Trippier passed the ball straight across the goal, the goal area. And he got it. Connor got it. And his first touch was fucking awful. And the ball went out for a goal kick. And you thought, no, Connor, you can't do that. We're at this is elite level football. If you're going to be, be that type of player, you've got to immediately respond. Whap! Straight in. There was another moment where Jackson put beautifully in. There was a lovely move. This is why I've come away with more positives. There were some very good moves going on. Um, ball chipped over the top. Just controlled it. You want to think, hit it. For God's sake, stop taking a touch. What is the matter with you? And it's that that was firing my ire, my anger about the whole the, the team's performance. I felt they were committed. I felt um, they were trying to deal with this constant niggling that he, that he does, that he does with his players. How? Ernie Howe, as I said the other day, not rather than Eddie Howe. And, and I, I so I looked at it and thought, well, after after uh, 60 minutes, it was exactly the same as it had been. Nothing was happening. Then there is this dreadful header, which, as you say, terrific cross from Gordon, who's clearly he is the player that we should have bought. And they were right because he's got better and better. And he's he's terrific. He's a terrific little player. Um, and um, that's why they wanted to buy him. They looked at his stats. It makes me appreciate actually what this stats is all about now, because he has really come good. He never stops running, tackles back, tracks back. T terrific. This the fourth goal, the goal he scored, it was just straight past bat, it's in. You know, there's no there's no fanning around. There's I mean, no I, I know I know what I know I was a bit critical of Baddy Shield for not getting too tight, but that actually was a good goal. Very good goal. Yeah, that was very, goal. very good goal. Yeah. But um but they were all a that it was the same goal as City scored, wasn't it? The header. Mm. It was yeah. and, it, and against Brentford. And against Brentford, same thing, just centred in what, what's going on. They've really got to sort that out. Then we have the madness of Silver, and then the, we're going to get onto it, the madness of... Um, we will. Of, well, uh, I mean, talking of Silver, I mean, you know, look, I mean, Marco, you and I and JK have all seen an awful lot of football. People are humans. They do make mistakes. Um, it's a bit dispiriting that this this side seemed to make a, a lot of them. Um and I was really quite curious. I mean, okay, you know, we, we all take social media with a pinch of salt, but even the great Tim Rolls, who uh, aforementioned Tim Rolls, was uh, wondering whether uh, young uh, Tiago Silva was past his sell-by date. Um, I, I mean, you know, is Silva past his sell-by date or have we got very short memories? Cause I think he's been pretty much as good as he's always been for most of this season, personally, Marco. So here's the thing. Um, so for me, just stepping back a bit from what happened on um, Saturday, in, including Silver and all, all the various errors. So I, I kind of think, I know we're kind of talking about discipline in a bit, but I'm talking about discipline. I'm not talking about... No, in, in a footballing sense. Yeah. I'm talking about, um, you know... There's an there's an interesting stat that Chelsea are actually top of 
one of the Premier League tables, which is for yellow cards. <laughs> with 40, 44 this season compared Wolves are in second with 39. Newcastle, 37. Sheffield United, 37. Brighton, 35. And uh, no surprise on the um, top yellow carder in the Premier League. It's Nicholas Jackson. Um, but my point is, if you look at those goals that Chelsea conceded, um, Silver's, let's call that a ricket. The rest of it was just poor, poor discipline. You know, you talk about JK talking about Gallagher there. It's like they're not concentrating. They're not focused on the game. They're getting booked. Where was the manager on Saturday watching from the stand because he got three yellow cards <laughs> so far this season? And I know it's funny, but, you know, there was a lot of people on social media on Saturday saying the players are a disgrace. You know, this is on the players. Well, I'm not so sure. Well, you know, what is the manager and the coach doing? You know, and, and the captain, um, who, 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 what are they doing when they're going through training sessions, when they know, as JK said, they're going to be playing one of the narkiest teams in the league? The, the, you know, that Newcastle team is well set up and Trippier is one of the best players in, in the Premier League. You know, he knows every trick in the book. Um, so they, they're going to have teams over that can't hold their shape, that can't follow a game plan, that lose their discipline. You know, the, 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 the Jackson thing, there was this talk when he was on four yellow cards that Pochettino had had a word with him. Um, and then he went and got another one for exactly the same thing in the game that followed. So either these players are disrespecting the manager, they're not listening to him, or he, or he and his coaches are not laying it on the line that, you know, we've just lost 4-1 to Newcastle. And I know everybody was cheery after the performance against Man City, but we conceded four goals in that game. You could argue that we got lucky against Spurs because they lost two men. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, and, I, and I, I like Podretino, I've got a lot of time for him, but I, I just think that the fundamentals of playing football are organisation, discipline, and, that, and that's just sticking to the game plan, concentrating for 90 minutes. You know, that's what they're paid 200 grand a week for. Fucking hell, not to play like Sunday league players, lose their rag and start thinking about shagging a bird or having a pint, you know, when they should be looking at um, the next corner that, that Trippier is going to swing in. Um, you know, it's just like really basic stuff and it, and it fucking annoys me that, you know, it's not, I don't, you know, I know we moan about the owners um, and yet, you know, they gone and bought all these players and there's question marks over that. But it's the manager and his coach's job to get that team, get those players organised, even if they're not the best players. You know, when, when Chelsea or, you know, when we see these cup ties um, and the non-league team comes to play the Premier League team, you know, and they're really well organised. They're, they're on it, but eventually class tells and, you know, something, they're just not up to it ability-wise, but they stick to the task. And and Chelsea just cannot 
you know, they lose concentration. It's 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 inexcusable. Um, and it's, you know, I don't I don't see it. You know, what is Reese James doing getting two yellow cards in it in the game? He's the captain of the team. He's been there since he was eight or however. Uh, you know, who's it's obviously, you know, I, I don't know. These these guys need managing and it's not happening. So I I would just like to see that change. And I'd like, you know, and I was talking, my pal's a Brighton fan, and we were like, what do you reckon on Saturday, on next Sunday, mate? 6-6, six, six, you know, some, something ridiculous because, um, I, I, I don't know, I know it's, it's entertaining, but it's not when you get dicked 4-1 um, and, you know, you look at you look at the reasons behind those goals. It's, it's, it's a shambles. Mm. Sorry. Well, I, I think, I mean, you know, the obvious thing, JK, is, is to is to say, well, you know, this is what you get when you've got young, inexperienced players, particularly young, inexperienced players playing in the Premier League for the first time. But actually, you know, Silver, I mean, OK, I, th- I think, you know, I think as Marco was saying, Silver's Rick was probably the least offensive in a way because it was just a Rick. It wasn't poor discipline and poor defending. Um, James getting booked twice. I mean, the kicking the ball away. I know you've got a point about about that, um, but you know, yeah, it was probably a foul for the second one. I was disappointed in our senior players, which kind of you know goes against the grain of well, what do you expect with inexperienced players when it's when it's the senior players letting you down on a way. But uh, I go back to it. I mean, you know, there were a lot of people moaning about Silver. I I, I don't see it myself. I, I think he's actually been pretty good for most of the season. Well, if if you remember, the very first thing he did when we first signed him was to do exactly the same thing. Yeah, he got caught in possession the very first game he played. It does happen. Saw. It does happen. Yeah, yeah, it true. happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I know I um, and the trouble is he then did that thing early on, which was a in the corner, didn't he? he fell over and uh, um, trying to kick the do, do a fancy thing. Bonafide so celery moment. Yeah, look, it looked like two shots of him finally losing it. You think, oh well, he's a man of forty. Of yeah. course, he's going to fall over, you know. But it was, it, I felt it was really unfair of the uh, um, of match of the day to show that as well, to actually show that shot because um, um, it just made him look a, a, a bit old, unfortunately. But no, I know I, I, if we will be, trust me that they will be able to see if he's got some kind of a downturn, won't they? I mean, the 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 application of of stats on him will be forensic and i don't think that's the case i thought he had a pretty good game other than that yeah was his usual immaculate self most of the time i think Mar- um, marco's point is that it, this is a mental issue and i think he's yeah, right from, from everybody yeah but it may yeah. be that he's part of it i i thought i find it very peculiar that james is supposedly the 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 kind of the pillar of uh of rectitude you know the great you know he's the man you should look up to because he's He's got a big temper because he picked a fight with um, uh, the uh, what's his name the Ernie Howe's um, Eddie Howe's assistant um, the the male model bloke he had a, had a go at him they had words he's always got he's got a very feisty temper James I'm not convinced that that's um, um, captaincy material and I, I but once again I'll go on about this he's kicking the ball away a it few didn't affect yards. Dennis Wise did it. No, hey, it didn't, indeed it didn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm being, I'm being, uh, I'm trying to find fault. I'm just, he was so unlucky because they're not applying this. I mean, what, what game did we watch? Was it Forest where 
that one of their blokes just stood over the ball all the time and then kicked the ball away. And finally, I think finally, because he hadn't gone 10 yards, he got a yellow card. But there are about four different occasions. We're all going, it's a yellow card him now. He's broken the law now. Do it now. And in this instance, the first moment, and all he did was just kick the ball a few yards away. Not as if he leathered it into the stands, as some people have done this year, and nothing's happened. I mean, that happens abroad all the time. They're obsessed with that. If you do that abroad, you immediately get a yellow. But I haven't seen it at all in England. And Hooper then applies it. So you think, oh, did it to Sterling. And you just knew. I actually thought at the time, they've really got to be careful, particularly Reese. And um, I thought he did pretty well against Gordon most of the game, despite Alan Shearer on Match of the Day saying, you know, oh, he had a bad time of it. I didn't think he did at all. I think he did pretty well. Um, but it was that one moment that Gordon was... It was the same thing. He got caught in possession, didn't he, after the ball was thrown out. And rather alive. He was going into the corner, wasn't he? He was going into the corner. I don't know why Reese decided to pull him back. Well, because basically, um, because Gordon had him on toast. All, I thought, I, I mean, I, didn't, I don't think he had I a didn't partic- think all game. I no, think all game. I, I, I tell you what I did notice. I noticed it was alarming how, uh, how hard James... Uh, found it to catch him up or to keep up with him towards the end of the game i think well, towards the I, end of the middle of the game when he was sent up yeah i agree he doesn't look fit well it, that's what i was kind of leading into you know your theory he's still not looking fit. but we yeah. had we had lots of problems tactically i thought i mean particularly down uh down the right uh their right uh you know sterling wasn't tracking back as i said on 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 our left hang on let me get this right on their left gordon had james on toast uh, you know i i i kind of think that uh, there's something that we're all missing here, and that is, uh, I think. I mean, we're going to talk about the international. Rice. Yes, that would be one. No, <laughs> Mo- Moises. Moises. I think we missed Moises's bite. Actually, I mean, I know he came on later on, but by then the game was gone, really. But you know, I thought Les was anonymous. Um, anonymous. And I just Absolutely think it, it fucked the entire balance of the midfield. No, yeah, no accident that Gallagher, Enzo, and pa- Enzo and Palmer were all poor. And uh, yeah, and, and and Gallagher was on the right wing again a lot, which was we hadn't seen when 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 Moises plays. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. Uh, it's because he'd come back the day before, and I said he, I think he said in the press conference we don't want to risk him because he might get injured. But I, if he's integral, he's an integral. Leslie is not a substitute for him in any conceivable way. Well, I think Moises is a very, very good player, and I think it, you know, it just underlines uh, how much we miss a how much we miss him in his bite. Excuse me, his bite in midfield, and secondly, um, how how it screws with the balance of the side, which has been actually working pretty well. Uh, a, a better reason, Marco, I have yet to find for binning off uh, international football. I mean, this is the other thing, P- Pochettino. You say that they they uh, were ill disciplined and they they weren't playing in the fundamentals. How many days last week do you think that you do you think they had to prepare for this game when Caicedo comes back a day before? No, no, it's it's a fair point, but I mean we're, we're not talking about this. Isn't kind of a one-off, is it? This sort of these aberrations Fair on enough. the pitch. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just you know the the, the communication. There just seems to be a, I don't know, it's, it's just, you know, the whole, that that whole back line and the midfield just lacked cohesion. 
Um, didn't seem to be... Now, if, if you think, you know, you've got Thiago Silva in there, who's, you know, in the captain leader legend role, even though Reese is captain. Um, and yet, you know, we if we go if we go back a few games when Badia Shile came in and he had a few games and everybody was purring, saying, you know, he looked good and it was kind of like JT playing alongside Desai, seeing him with silver, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I just I just seriously wonder if these guys um had the ability to you know, are they professional enough just to retain information, to stick to a game plan? Because all it takes, as we saw on Saturday, you know, momentary lapses of concentration and, and all of a sudden you, you're kind of from 1-1 one, one to 3-1 and you, you're fucked, basically. I think that there is that about it. I mean, it's one of those games. I mean, you lose two goals in two minutes and it's game over. You know, I mean, 2-1, yeah, okay, we can get back in this. And it's suddenly 3-1 up there. Geordies are on the rampage. They were never going to come back from that. Um, I mean, you know, talking about the discipline, though, and being professional and, and, and being able to retain instructions. I mean, look how disciplined they were against City. And you have to be against a team like City. They were all on it, 150%, and they were superb. So we know they can do it. I wonder if they actually, after the City game and a break... Uh, an inconvenient break, another reason why international football should be binned off. Um, I think maybe they, they as as uh, as uh, as uh, um, Al Pacino in Scarface very wisely said, "Don't get high on your own supply." I think maybe well, they would b- believe in their own hype, mate. Well, I think. Well, no, I think you're right because you know they came, they came, they went into the City game bouncing off that result against Tottenham. You know, which was going to be a fillet for a for well, it was for everyone. Um, you know, so obviously buoyant mood going into that game with City and the fight. You know, I think a lot that was the other thing people were talking about um, on on Saturday evening on social media was where was the fighting spirit that the team showed you know, for 90 minutes against Tottenham and 90 minutes against Manchester City, where did that evaporate to during the international break? Um, you know, when will it come back? You know, I mean, it, I, I, I don't know. You look look at the next sort of little run of fixtures, they're, 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 you sort of look at them and think, it's who knows? You well, just don't know. And that's... You know, I know we all joke and say, well, that's the magic of Chelsea, but we we could do without the magic I'd, of yeah. that kind. Give me dull, dull, boring consistency would suit me every week. I know, week. well, we're just masters. Of, we're consistently inconsistent. We are. We are indeed. No, I, I get you, mate. Um, we're going to have a quick break, but before we do that, uh, something close to Marco's heart. Uh, there is a new issue. I, is there a new issue of CFCK out? I think there is, isn't yes. there? Yeah, it was published. uh, It was on sale for the first time at St. James's Park. Um, Issue 248 with uh, young Cole Palmer on the cover. Indeed, indeed. I I haven't seen it yet because, of course, I mean, I said to DJ, for fuck's sake, don't post it to me, mate. I'll pick it up from the stall like I always have done, you know. So I actually haven't seen it yet. So I haven't read yours. 
but I will get it on Sunday. Uh, and of course, you can get it. Where can you get the CFC UK next edition from, Marco? So, well, on a match day, you can get it from the CFC UK store, which is directly across the street from Fulham Broadway, from the main concourse at Fulham Broadway Station. You can get it from Little Brian, who stands outside what is now the Italian, um, uh, and was Kishmish at the just, um, I don't know, 100 yards or so down from the, the West Stand entrance to the uh, Stamford Bridge. And then Dave is on Stamford Bridge itself after the game selling copies. Um, and if you can't do that, if you can't come to the game, then you can subscribe by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. And you can also get a digital edition for very little money, £6 for the season. I believe. Um, But the fanzine itself in paper format is only a pound. Indeed. Or 20 quid if you want to subscribe for a year in the UK. 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid for the rest of the world. And there you go. And you can pay all that by PayPal. And while while we're on the subject, uh, CPO, the Chelsea pitch owners. um, If you haven't already, you need to go and get yourself a CPO share. Why? Well, other than the, the obvious reason, which it means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium and it protects it from being sold to a, a property developer in the future or whatever, uh, it keeps football at Stamford Bridge and Chelsea the name uh, as well. Um, but there's another reason too, because, we, cause, you know, inevitably with all the rumblings about new stadium, blah, 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 the CPO has a significant say in what happens because of this. So if you uh, want to have a say in what happens, then you need to be a Chelsea pitch owner. It's that simple. Uh, the shares are about 110 quid for an electronic share, and it goes up to about 175 quid for a frame share signed by a Chelsea player. Just go to the Chelsea website, chelseafc.com, and search for Chelsea pitch owners. We will be back after this short lemon break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stafford Chidge, of course, and I'm joined by the um, inimitable Jonathan Kidd. Uh, there's another one of me here. Is there? Sorry. I never knew. Is that the one behind it you is. on that flag? It looks a bit like you, it actually. 
a twin. Um, lovely to be on the show, Chidge, with such a fantastic guest. Who is? It is, of course, Mr. Mark Worrell. Yes, lovely to see Marco. Always is. Good evening. Marco's been coming off from a long run tonight, haven't you, mate? Pardon? You've been coming off a long run, as we say. A long run? Yes, it's a cricketing kind of thing. Explain, Jonathan. You're opening the bowling. And bowling bounces at the poor defenceless batsman at the other end. Ah. Yeah, you're on a long run, mate. But it's good to see. I, I, this is the point, you know. We feel we love this football club, and they fuck us off sometimes. So we feel quite strongly about it when they do. Now, uh, one of the things that fucked me off a huge amount on Saturday. I mean, I, I fully accept that Trippier is actually an, a, a superb right back. Um, you know, and I, I was thinking all, all the game actually. If Reese James thinks he's going to play at the uh, European Championships uh, instead of Trippier, then he needs to have a think about it because on that on that performance on Saturday, Trippier is way better than him in that position. Um, and I mean, he was he was he, as as J.K. said, he had he had James in his pocket. Sorry, Sterling in his pocket. Uh, he uh, he was getting down the right all the time. He was put. I mean, his corners, his free kicks, his cro- He was absolutely brilliant. Um, but aided and abetted uh, JK by the huge amount of stupid free... I mean, when you've got... When you're playing against someone like Trippier, what should you not do? I would suggest it would be give away free kicks. And it just led me to conclude, are the players just plain thick or what? Uh, I I think it's it's a combination of um, thickness and also just the, the skullduggery employed by Newcastle and the the physicality of them as a team. I think they're very in your face. There were several free kicks given where um, it was almost as if the referee had never watched football before, you know, where a player backs into the other player and then falls over and the the, the player falling over gets the free kick. And you think, well, he's obviously going to give that free kick away because the player, because he's not doing anything at all. He's just standing still. It, they, it was... It was it was absolutely... It was shithousery, as always, you get with any... Eddie Howe team, as you did with Bournemouth. And so I, I, I'm slightly more forgiving than you are, Chidge, about it, because I thought that um, some of them just weren't free kicks. He was, It was particularly with Hooper as well. The reason Cucurella got given a car because he said something, there was nothing physical going on, because he always debates Cucurella, the, the justice of decisions, which is very praiseworthy, good for him. But I think they just need to choose their referees for all of this. You know he's a he's a spiky ref Hooper. They should have been informed. Um, well, well, I think the it's the, perhaps there should be somebody in the in in the staff who say this ref does this. Be aware of this. You'd have thought that would be the case with a, an elite club. There's somebody who's telling you what this, looking at the stats of what the referee does, what he does and doesn't like. Um, uh, if they don't, they should be doing that because they should be applying that accordingly. Um, I mean, Trippier got away with an enormous amount of bending his ear, but he does in every game, as does Bruno Fernandes does. That that's his role for for United. There's, there's nearly always somebody who has a go. It was it, who was it? It was um, Scott with the not skulls. It was it was um, uh, Neville, wasn't it? Was the one, it was what? Sorry, keep, keep, Neville, keep, Neville, Neville as well. Sorry, it was Neville. Actually, and it was all the United's that, players. They all used to most of the United. The, yeah, there was yeah. another one who did the boy who did it was. Um, Scholes's partner, what was it? Um, in midfield, who Dennis Wise tweaked his his pubic hair. Who was Nicky it? Butt, nipple. Nicky Butt, yeah, Butt did it as well. Um, Nicky Nipple, no, tw- I, I, when Dennis Wise tweaked his butt. I mean, you could have said, but yeah, <laughs> indeed. 
um, whatever it was, he was not pleased. He no. was not amused. No. Um, but so I, I'm, <laughs> yes, it is foolish giving all those free kicks away, but the, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they didn't get as many yellow cards. And I thought that was, uh, that was slightly vindictive by the ref because there were lots of fouls going on that were just ignored. Just but as, as the your normal player, your own normal supporter watching it, you just think, well, he hasn't given that foul. That was a foul. He's obviously backed into him there. He's let that go. He's one of those refs who pays no attention to his linesman. In fact, the linesman don't actually have anything to do with it at all. He thinks he knows everything. He's in the the tailor mold. He he calls it because he called several, as I said, from about thirty five yards away that were wrong. And the linesman is standing there. And you think, okay, it, it's down to you, is it, mate? That's why he waggles the cards around so much. But yeah, it is on on you know sum, trying to sum it up. It's ridiculous the number of free kicks we're giving away, and so many of them are appear to be because of remarks made to the ref. Well, you've got to stop doing that. I think I think I wrote in my notes here. Why are all the worst refs bald? Is it all part of being in the Gareth Club? This well, one of them actually. Who is it? Shaves his head. Is it? Um, what's his name? It begins with a T. What's his name? Tierney. Tierney. Tierney, I think he actually shaves his head because he's not actually bald. I no, think they haven't let him it. into the Gareth Club yet. Yeah, they wouldn't. He has to be. That's his. That's part of it. You have to be bald. I think the only qualification is that you're a Gareth. Except Michael Oliver isn't bald, but perhaps he gets away with that. I think he's, he's not a bad ball. referee. He's thatch, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a proper thatch. Listen, uh, Pochettino, um, this is what he said after the game. It was our worst game of the season. It was tough to be in the stands. We cannot complain about the result. We did not read the game from the beginning. We did not play how we should play. We showed a lack of intensity and energy. Even after we scored at 1-1, it was a chance for us to force them to play deep, but it was so easy for Newcastle. That is why I'm so upset with the performance. It is a young team. They need this type of situation to realise. We will go to the hotel, then train early tomorrow, no time off. We cannot blame the players. It is the team together. We need to understand the level. We need to compete and learn about this situation. There are many details, many things that build confidence and strength. We already know what is going on, and we will try to uh, change them. That's quite uh, stroppy from Poch, but... uh, you know, picking up on what Marco was saying earlier on a slightly different tack. I mean, I, I mean, his criticism, I think, was spot on, and he's dug them all out there. Fair enough. But I mean, two things, Marco. One, I, why did he drop Badia Shield for Dizarzi? Sorry, why did he drop Dizarzi for Badia Shield? And secondly, could he not have made the changes he made earlier when he took he took Jackson off, who was beyond hopeless, offered nothing again, uh, and, and uh, Gallagher was having a stinker, and I thought Les was was rubbish compared to. Caicedo. So, you know, if uh, fair enough him digging out the players, but I think we can dig him out for that as well, can't we? Yeah, well, maybe if he'd been in the technical area instead of in the stands where he'd been sent to for ill discipline, he might have had a bit more of a handle on what was going on on the pitch. Um, but, you know, I, I don't... I don't necessarily buy the the inexperienced team. You know, Cucurella's been round the block. Silver's, you know, silver. Reese James has won the Champions League. You know, Sanchez has been around a while. Sterling's an old hat. Fernandez has won the World Cup. You know, they, they, they shouldn't really be making excuses for, you know, and I'm not I'm not going to repeat what I said earlier, but why why are they not able to concentrate why is that who 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 
ultimately is responsible for that. You know, and people were saying on it's the players' fault, oh, it's the team's fault. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. You know, if, if people are focused on what they're doing, then they're focused on what they're doing. You know, we, we all believe that these players have got God-given ability and wonderful statistics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, you would expect them, you know, for the wages they're on to, to be able to stick to a game plan and not mug themselves off as frequently as they have done, you know, for quite some considerable period of time. Um so I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's something in the water at the football club. Well, I'm going to get maybe, onto that in a minute. It goes deeper than that. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's an interesting thing, isn't it, J.K.? I mean, Marco's got a point, I think, because ultimately it's a manager's job to get a tune out of the players. Um, I, I, I do wonder if we're as fucked off as we are because of the I mean we predicted this as well after the City match you know it was absolutely wonderful everybody was brilliant they're all legends they're all going to win the Champions League next season and and now they've lost to Newcastle everybody's shit you know we're going to be relegated you know that that is the way of football fans I get it and we are no different um so yeah Poch is culpable to a degree because he's managing I do think it is down to the players I'm not convinced necessarily yet that they're good enough but clear like surely are culpable too. I mean, they, they, they ripped it all up, started again, spent a billion quid on putting this team together. They didn't buy a striker. And I mean, you know, okay, I take Marco's point about Silver and Sterling and Cucurella, uh, etc., etc. But, you know, there's not a wealth of experienced, gnarly Premier League players who would have been able to stand up to a Newcastle side, figure out what they were doing and not get done by it. So surely Clearlake are also to blame here. Maybe everybody's to blame. Players, Poch and Clearlake. Well, I think we've debated that, haven't we, that they should have gone in for um, Madison and they should have gone in for uh, uh, even... Um, what's his face? Plays for West Ham now. James um, Ward Prowse. Ward Prowse. Just to... For opportunities to have a... a, a almost like a... He's like a special player, Ward Prowse, isn't he, because of his corners and free kicks. But... Um, I suppose it's a certain amount of hubris, isn't it? A certain amount of thinking. If we assemble these players and assemble a top uh, manager, he'll he'll get a tune out of them. But as we're discovering, it's uh, it's a bit more complicated than that. Um, it's it's all the personalities of the players. It's all the there are certain energies at time. I mean, you know, you can't work out why would why would uh, Connor just be so off the pace at the weekend? What's that all about? Why? Uh, as was, was international football. I, I think Palmer and Connor, I, I th- something happened over there in England because they, they were either knackered or they lost focus or something. Or they trained too hard or something. Yeah, yeah. Fuck England of them, off. Yeah. I, I, I hope no Chelsea players ever play for fucking England again <laughs> or any other fucking international country. Carry on the way they're going. You'd be right. You're right. <laughs> well, there is that. There is that. <laughs> But it was oh, no. interesting, wasn't it, that you say, yeah, both players who played for England, Connor and um, Cole, uh, were very, very below par. I mean, to be honest, J.K., I, I think this has more to do with Moises not starting, to be really no, honest. I, I think it's screwed agree. with the yeah. balance of the side, yeah. totally. Yeah, completely, completely. But why, why didn't he do a, a Mourinho then and bring him on early? Uh, what, they're because worried was, about his fitness. Yeah, because he bloody got back from South America back, the day before. He got back on the, he got oh. back on the Friday, I know. for God's sake. insane. This is why international Insane. football is is a big evil. I mean, look, yeah, here's the thing. I mean, 
we, we said this repeatedly. We know that there are going to be results like this this season. You know, they're not they're not there by any stretch of the imagination yet. But we know, you know, we've seen with the City match that they can be. But I mean, here's the question, Marco: How far off it are we? I mean, I think we can wave bye bye to Europe now. I mean, we're so I think we're six, eight points off fourth, maybe more. Already, I'm going to win the League Cup, Chich. Well, hang on, maybe, maybe. I mean, are we going to be mid-table? I mean, the real question I want to ask you is, if we're not there yet, how long will it take to put it right, and how is he going to do it? Well, I think I think there's two things there. I think there's a there's a we've got to be careful about kind of and that sense of entitlement creeping in um, that. Uh, you know that we should expect this because all this money's been spent um, because we're Chelsea because we've got this heritage of silverware over the past couple of well past almost thirty years now yeah. twenty five years whatever um, you know I, I I just look at you know you we all watch a lot of football we see the highlights you know we see other teams. Um, you look at the way clubs are organised, and uh, you know the, the the old top, the top four that it that it was. Um, you know when when Roman Abramovich bought Chelsea, it was you know it was Arsenal and Manchester United were swapping the title for fun, um, and then Chelsea kind of came along and broke that duopoly up. Then Manchester City got some money. Liverpool finally got their asses into gear. Um, but now, you know, as we saw on Saturday, the, the, the world's moved on. You know, Newcastle, essentially uh, the, the wealthiest club, if their owners chose to really wield the wallet. Um, but they've kind of, you know, they they got a manager in there who's just worked with the players, integrated some decent signings in there. You know, I mean, they've had a few wobbles. You know, I mean, they lost the guy Tonali, the the, the gambler. Um, they lost the last two games, two 0 didn't they? I know. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not perfect, but you you kind of look at other a lot of these other clubs that are now above Chelsea in the league, and you think they just they just seem to be a lot more organised as a football club, um, and. You know, by that I mean, you know, we we just look like everything that people laugh at current Chelsea is like some kind of weird franchise that's been thrown up in West London, and um, you know, and we've got the draft or whatever they call it. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it just it still feels like that, um, and the more they keep throwing players into the the mix, you know, I, I made a. You know, I made a joke in my article, which obviously you won't have read yet because you haven't got a copy, but just about... Hurry um, up. Yeah, no, about, you know, in, in the January transfer window, if if they if they buy Ivan Tony, um, you know, what, what does that mean for Nicholas Jackson? You know, he's going to be on a tour bus around Europe working, working down his eight-year contract on a, a random number of loan moves. Um, you know, there, there's a lot, there's 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 quite a lot of stuff. If you scrape away the veneer of, um, you know, the magnificent Chelsea Football Club to be alarmed about, 
Um, to say nothing of if we don't get into Europe, you know, th- those losses that Everton have got burned on, you know, does that mean we're going to have to flog Reese James to Real Madrid for a hundred million to balance the books? You know, um, I, I don't know. I, there's, there's still, there isn't that sense um, of confidence that we're all, we're going in the right direction, you know. And every time there's light at the end of the tunnel, and this season we had it after the two-two draw against Arsenal, lost two 0 at Brentford. You know, it was a bus from Hounslow coming the other way um, with the lights. Then, then we panelled Spurs, put a great shift in against City and everybody's, what? we've got our Chelsea back. And then we lose 4-1 to Newcastle. Now we've got Brighton and Manchester United, Brighton at home, Manchester United away in the space of four days. Um, and it, it's just impossible. It's impossible to call what's going on in the short term. You know, the, the, there isn't enough consistency to say, do you know what? These, these, this, this is the group of players that are going to take Chelsea back to where they need to be. Um, that we're not there. So, considering that a billion pounds has been spent on however many players it is, that that's quite troubling. I agree. And I mean, you know, I, I remember uh, was it Vinod, Vinod, uh, Vinod Ayer who who sent it. Oh yeah, 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 Vinod. Yeah. One one of I, I can't, forgive me if it, it was either Vinod or Prussia or Aniban. It might have been Aniban. He sent us a spreadsheet uh, a couple of seasons back, which charted uh, Liverpool and Man City's kind of you know Klopp and Guardiola and how long it took them to win a, a trophy. And it looked at the squad at the beginning and the squad when they won won something significant and. It would completely changed, um, and it was. I think in both cases, about three, three or four years it took to do that. Um, and I think we're probably on the same trajectory. The the troubling thing, I think, for all of us who love this club, is that because Clear Lake have spent a billion quid, they're going to have to get into the Champions League so they don't get cooked by FFP. That's the problem. And yeah, I think you know the way they are, the way we are at the moment, we're we are mid table. That's where we are. And I mean, our, do you, do you not, sorry, just sorry. just one last point. Sorry, to, do, do you not? I mean, I'll just be interested to know what you guys think. Do you not think, though, um, that you know? My view is that there is there are now, and we see them because they're in the bloody top eight at the moment. There's like six, seven, eight teams now, all capable um, of. You know that they're, they're, they're capable football clubs. So, you know, everybody thought that Brighton, you know, the the, the pip squeaks from the south coast, that's not going to last because they've sold all their best players. But they're still at it, and you know they'll they're going to carry on selling their players. But they're they're still there, and these are the teams. You know, Villa, Newcastle, Brighton. These are the teams that are now pushing up and are capable of derailing what what you know where Chelsea want to go, and 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 then of course you've still got you know Arsenal, Man City, and, and Liverpool, and dare I say it, Tottenham, um, who who are there, and then if you build into that this whole kerfuffle about an uncertainty over 
um, you know, the future of the stadium, where Chelsea are going to be playing. You know, there's a lot of instability there. You you look at what happened, you know, Arsenal were off it for years um, when, when they went through the stadium rebuild. Um, you know, and if we're not... If, we, if we're just if we're not in a position of strength when that starts um, comes into play, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I I love going to Chelsea, so I love seeing you lot. Um, and I've got you. You know, it's nice to see Chelsea win, and that's not you know that's not what the football club is about to me. But by God, you know, if you look at the fact that we were champions of Europe and champions of the world. You know, a couple of years ago, um, to where we are now, struggling—you know, just floundering around in mid-table. Um, you know, I, I, I just think it's arrogant to expect that you know it's all going to come together if if things continue the way they are. Yeah, and history history tells us that, Marco. And you know, to pick up on 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 where we are at the moment. Uh, Two two of our mates, uh, people we know well, said this. Uh, Mr. X, uh, uh, the lovely, or, or at George Smiley OB on Twitter. Interesting stat. In the past 52 league games, Chelsea have won 15 league games. And three of those belong to Thomas Tuchel. In the previous 38 league games to the 52, we won 21 league games. Spy also said, having scored four in consecutive games, Chelsea has now conceded four in consecutive ones. 16th league game lost in 2023, same as 21 and 22 combined. Uh, Overrun, Newcastle stronger physically and mentally, yet Chelsea not hopeless, just not quite good enough all over the pitch, hard to take. And I mean, going back to your point, Marco, and this is fascinating, actually. I've got the league table here, haven't I, in the the running order, as I always do. And we're 10th. Uh, Arsenal, City, Liverpool. Um, Clear, you know, better than everybody else. You've got a resurgent Villa under a good manager. Big club Villa, don't underestimate them. Uh, Spurs, you know, with the, the stadium and the money they have, you know, they're going to be there or thereabouts. You can not you can never write off United, even though they've been shambolic. Newcastle United with, with their Saudi wealth, they're in seventh. And then you've got Brighton and West Ham above us. Brighton, as you were saying, Marco, a very well-run club. They're not going anywhere. I agree with you. I mean, you you know, a few years ago we'd say, oh, they'll, be, they'll they'll have their fun for a few years and then they'll fuck off back down to where they belong. You could say the same about Brentford, who are in eleventh, but I don't think they're going anywhere either. They're a very well run club, and you've got West Ham United, who've got you know sixty thousand going in their stadium every other week, so they've got a bit of money to spend. So you know, you're right. You know, it it it's it's actually what's more annoying is the Villas, Newcastles. Brighton West Ham's that are in front of us that are stopping us getting into the top four and we're miles off Arsenal City and Liverpool at the moment but JK you've been sitting there looking across between ruminating rueful or depressed I'm not quite sure which or even asleep I mean what we know what we know not 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 listening to me yes I I've seen you nod off the you know listening to me but never Marco surely no never 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 (laughs) Um, look, look, old Bean. I mean, every word, of, every word of pearl. What we've often said, haven't we, is that these guys are are winners. They they they've spent a lot of money. They're you know success failure is not a not an option for them. So it will come good in, eventually. We we also know because we've seen a lot of football that if you rip it up and start again, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Football is just not like that. This is going to take time to happen. So are you? I mean, you know, 
I think what worries me really is what's happening between now and and the mid to longer term when when it all comes right. Because as I said, spending that kind of money and not getting quantifiable success in terms of revenue, i.e., being in the Champions League, could screw us on the FFP. That's one concern I have. So I don't know where you where you where you where do you sit on all of that? Um, I just think we're bound to be. Uh flipping backwards and forwards between elation and despair because I don't think there will be ordinary results. I don't think there'll be, you know, hard fought nil nils. There won't be any games that uh, um, where we're sitting back and um, uh, defending in a low block because we'll go out to play because that's the way Poch plays. So every game will be interesting just to, to an extent of whether we score the goals I really, I honestly, the more I look at it, the more I looked at the Newcastle game, the more I thought if there'd been somebody proper up front, once again, we would have scored. Just a to hold the ball up. Yeah. And, and so in the end, even though we didn't play with the commitment we should have done, United weren't playing with a great commitment. It, they, they stagnated us because they, they had a second team out and he got them all to be niggly. And it, it was like a quagmire, it was a quagmire of a game for 60 minutes. And then there were these two. Then there was the the goal we've seen before through people just being asleep and a Rick and then the madness of Reese James. And all right, we weren't as committed as we were, but they forced the commitment on us because they weren't very committed and we went to their level. And and I think in the end, it was down to exactly what you said, Chidge, Casado uh, and Casado and, um, uh, and and I was talking about Jackson. So he surely it's waiting for the players to reappear and Nkunku has become this unbelievably important figure who has got better and better the more he hasn't played <laughs> i think they must surely by by christmas by the transfer window be already working out who they would like to replace players with and what you were talking about earlier about jackson just wanders around from place to place can they not just sell him are they not allowed to do that even though he's on an eight-year contract, can they just not, you know, say, sorry, Nico, it hasn't worked, mate, you know, go back to Spain. I mean, they're not, they don't have to loan him out all the time. Send him back. This product is shop-soiled. Yes, yes. Yeah, because it it really, he was so awful. And if you've got one awful player on the pitch and you think, well, if actually there was just somebody there, I'm afraid Broger isn't the, isn't the answer either. I'm sorry. So you, you, I almost think you could, you could, um, you know, I'm being a little bit um, uh, unfair, but really, you could get rid of both of them, and um, and then buy buy some more if that is the if that's the the model that you just buy players who you want to fit positions. So, in a sense, I have a kind of weird. Um, it's like a kind of playground. I'm thinking, who will they get in next at the next transfer window, and then we'll go through all of this because I wouldn't surprise me if we beat Brighton at the weekend, um, just because. There were elements, they do pass the ball very slickly, the team. I know he was saying, you know, that we were, um, I think as you, their spy is saying one side just aren't good enough. I felt that they didn't play anywhere near the level they played against Spurs or against um, uh, City. And that was why we lost. Um, And the only, well, I actually thought the only reason we lost was because of the slip for the the headed goal. And it was 2-1. I think we might have made it up to 2-2. So I, I'm I'm not to answer your question in a roundabout way. I think there'll be many more of these kind of games, and it's just a question of him him moulding the side together. And it may take three years, 
but I think we're going to be up and down like, like you know, pause draws, as my mother Tarts knickers, say. mate. Yeah, pause draws. And he got a two-year contract, though, as an e-Pogettino. Well, yeah, but it, 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 it may not be him. They may well, nick, I I they may nick Emery. They've got so much money. They may nick Emery. They may nick someone else. They may go... You know, I think they, they've they, got about so as much bit... chance as getting Dick Emery at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still... You have to, as you said, Chidge. They have so much money, and they want to. They have to make this work. Yeah, I so agree. I agree. I mean, there, there were kind of ruminations going on, wasn't there, at the weekend that they they have to get Champions League football. That's what they expect from Pochettino. If he doesn't get us Champions League football, he'll be he'll be offed. Which sounds very kind of uh, nostalgic to Roman's uh, tenure, Marco. I mean, do you think do you think that's a possibility? I mean, surely not. Surely not. He's had a year. He would have had a year. I thought that was uh, the point. They're going to leave the craziness of the Abramovich era alone. I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's the results. You know, it's all about results and the Premier League table doesn't lie. Um, you know, I, I think our, our, our best, you know, we've got an opportunity there to get to the League Cup final I know the FA Cup's not started, but you know we got we got to the final of the League Cup and the FA Cup um, the season before last, didn't we? So uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, lost them both on penalties to to Liverpool. But you know that uh, you know Chelsea are a cup side, um, which they were, um, you know, in, in the nineties towards the back end. You know, we, we just sort of just not quite good enough to win the league because you've got to be consistent for a whole season. But yeah, if we're consistently inconsistent in the league and, you know, Pochettino, I mean, he's been picking strong teams for um, the, the league cup. Um, maybe, maybe that's, that's the salvation. You know, I'd take that this season. If we won either of Chance those. For revenge, Marco. Chance for revenge against Newcastle. No, no, but I, you know, if if this season we say we finish where we are now, middle of the table, and boo, but if we win a cup, which gets us into Europe anyway, um, people go, well, you know what, we, we've been shit, but we won a cup. We're Chelsea, ha ha, and I'd be happy with that. And then see what happens next season. You know, I mean, because I think. Pochettino needs that if we're going to flip-flop in the league um, for a few more months, then you're right, you know, there's no way we're going to, we're going to be too far behind to put a run in. You look at the fixtures we've got coming up, um, you know, you kind of think, well, we should be winning those games, you know, Everton, Wolves, um, Palace, you know, United away. Um, you know, I mean, we, we should be winning these games. And if they can get a bit of momentum, then maybe there is a chance there. But I think the, the best chance um, to make an impression and get the hearts and minds of the supporters back on side is do what we're good at and win a trophy. Um, you know, a knockout competition. Well, I'd say do what we, we used to be good at, Marco. Well... Because we yeah. have an entirely different team now, and I suppose that's what worries me. I mean, to wrap it up, I mean, 
I think I think it would. You know, I generally think that that Pochettino is about the best of you know. In, in, if if you looked at all of the the critical success factors, was the best manager we could get at the time. You know, Premier League experience, Champions League experience, managed big clubs, managed you know big stars. You know, for me, he was the the best, and I think he's a decent manager, and he and he plays interesting football, as we all know. I, I, so I think it would be it would be stupid to get rid of him, and I and I I mean particularly as I think the the you know Clear Lake have to take the rap for a lot of what's going on at the moment as well, um, but uh, yeah I mean it's I I, I had I, imagine I had, not being Chelsea. Well, I imagine not being Chelsea. I, you know I, was, I was, can't remember who it was. I think it was love the lovely Richard Schaller. I was talking to on Twitter on Saturday I said it, it, it remind it's like going back to the early 90s I think that's kind of you know it's amazing what Clear Lake have done they've just they've you know if their brief from the government was to eradicate Chelsea in in all of its Roman Abramovich uh, um, identity they've they've done it beautifully because they've taken us back to the 90s around the time when we had Hoddle if you remember Hoddle's first season uh, we certainly ended up mid-table, but we were we were beating United and getting humped by you know people like Ipswich. I can't remember now, but you know we would lose against the shit sides stupidly, and we would do well against the good sides, and we were up and down like a yo-yo. And then suddenly it began to click. Okay, it won't click in the same way because we're not hiring uh, Rude Huller again. But you know I, it's got that feel about it. And I said I said to Richard, I'm going to go pop off for an E and find a rave tonight. And I think it would have probably done <laughs> a lot better. But there you go. Um, so there we go. Uh, any 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 last requests? I was about to say. Anybody got anything else to say on that clusterfuck of a performance on Saturday? J.K. Uh, no, I, as I say, I, I thought Poch overreacted actually. I didn't think it was the worst performance. I thought we were worse against Brentford. I thought we were worse against Villa. I thought we were worse in all those games. So, uh, um, uh, and I think we'll have a proper midfield this weekend. And um, let's see whether he plays Jackson or not. Surely he must be observing that it's just a, a farce having Jackson playing. And what the alternative is, plays Broger from the beginning, but Broger is looks looks a man similarly out of form well we, of i think we need to see him at the very least let's yeah, see him you know because yeah. jackson fuck off he's just hopeless man i mean i know we were bigging him up the other day because well he scored six goals this season but yeah, but yeah. He, you know what does he offer i mean i said in the notes he doesn't offer anything you know as a striker well i don't know maybe i'm being a, 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 a you know a badass on him or whatever but i would give brozier a start to see see what he can do uh, i tell you who else i think um you know it'll be another player who's who's looking fantastic by his absence and that's lavia you know because yes. i think if we if we if we see that our midfield but i mean i really do think that that combination of caicedo sorry moises uh, enzo 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 and gallagher played in the right positions in the in the right tactics looks really really good it looks really good but you take you take Caicedo out of that and it suddenly looks piss poor when you've got Leslie in there now if Lavia is he's a class act isn't he Moises he's a, yeah, he a, he's is a, a good player class act. Yeah. and even when he's not playing at his apparently he's not playing his best according to lots of people but you if you place it replace him with with Ugochukwo sorry mate Les you know you're okay but we're not talking about the same class at all Sorry uh, to no, no, not at all. I was just saying, you know, if Lavi is half the the player that everybody says he is, then 
maybe he would be a better replacement for uh, for for Leslie. You know, uh, if Caicedo's uh, you know n- you know not fit or whatever or suspended. I don't know. What do you reckon, Marco? I reckon we'll beat Brighton 4-0 and everybody will be flip-flopping back into Wonderland again. Yeah, top four, we're going to win the league, going to win it all. Yeah, I, I just think, I think I think JK said it earlier, I think I think we just got to get used to the fact that this is where we are at the moment. Um, and the manager still doesn't know, you know, his, his best 11. Um, I don't know, was, it, was there a reason why Colwell... Didn't start or well, Cucurella. I mean, on Friday we we were all very happy to see Cucurella start because actually he's been playing really really well recently. Colwell was coming back from an injury, and I, and and Poch never tends to play a player if he's coming back from injury. So we we got that one right. And um, I mean, he I don't think he played that badly actually. I mean, it, terrible brain farts for the goals, and I think he was exposed horribly by Sterling not tracking back and Trippier having an absolute barnstorming game. But I, I do think, on the whole, Cucurella's been a lot better for us this season. But, uh, you know, Cole, Colwell was doing all right, wasn't he? I mean, he's 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 quite a good player. I'm I'm surprised that Badia Shield started and not Dizazi. I'd love to know why that was, but uh, I never found anything out about that. Training ground thing? I don't know. Did um, did Dizazi play for France during the week? I don't know. And Badia Shield didn't, I? Uh, I didn't know, mate. I didn't know. Oh, well, let's consign this one to the uh, textbooks of history and uh, roll on to Brighton next week. Now, a couple of uh, couple of quick uh, shout-outs. Uh, of course, next Sunday, yes, we play Brighton at 2 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, straight after that, uh, we will all be at the uh, Chelsea Fancast Presents uh, an Afternoon with Kerry Dixon and David Speedy live at the Troubadour. Live at the Troubadour. What's that going to be? Um... It, do you know what? It's going to be great. I, mean, I also should say before before anybody gets excited, it's actually now sold out. We've sold out. Well, I'll tell you what, if it's half as good as the Mickey Thomas one, which I thought I did wax lyrical about this one being phenomenal, wasn't it? Phenomenal. Um, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, footballers who've got something to say and a story to tell. Um, and you know, will will we in thirty years time? Well, we won't. But will, will Dean Mears in thirty years time be hosting the fan a fan cast special at the Troubadour with Benoit Badiashili? I think we know the answer to that, don't we? Not, <laughs> not no. a fucking no, no. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's going to be great fun. No, but that that is going to be brilliant. Terry and Speedo should be brilliant. Good double act. I mean, you know, they're funny, you know, in this kind of situation. Of course, they were a great double act for us on the pitch. Lots of stories. I mean, I, I should warn you now, because uh, uh, I don't know I don't know Speedy at all, really. I mean, Kerry, I know very, very, very well. But I've actually done some homework, and uh, I've, I've today printed out. I'll, I'll show you this, because I can, I can share the screen with you if I can find the right button. You'll love this if I can find it. Here we go. Uh, yeah, I've done some homework. Uh, basically, Marco, homework for me on this kind of thing means that I've nicked Kelvin's Sporting Heroes text. <laughs> okay, that, so basically plagiarism is, is what I, I call homework. Right, if I share my screen with you, sorry for you listening at home. This oh. is going to be meaningless to you, but this will make Marco laugh. I know. Right, there you go. That's what I've done. 
Speedo's competitive matches. Oh, look at that. Like that's the, goal, the goals he scored are in green and the reds oh, are, right. are, are red cards. Oh, wow. He only got three red cards, but he got booked in nearly every match. So there we go. Maybe we should ask him about discipline next next Sunday. What do you think? I don't think I'm brave enough to ask him any question that might elicit, elicit a punch to the face. That's the thing. So I'm going to put Speedy next to Jonathan and I'll, and I'll sit behind Kerry. And that's my plan. I'll ask him about how disappointed I was whenever, whenever he was suspended and see whether or not I get given, given a punch, yeah. what his attitude to that was. Because I was. Every time he was suspended, I was, oh, no, bloody Speedo suspended again. Oh, God. Yeah. So I don't think I'm brave enough to ask any questions like that. But uh, no. I think you and I are going to get an easy ride. I think Kerry, will, as Kerry always does, he'll take it all he'll over. He'll, he'll, run yeah, it. he'll, he'll yeah. take it all over. And you and I can just yeah. sit there and just listen. Yeah, so there we go. Um, anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the doors will open at four. I know none of us will be there at four because we're probably more likely to get there at half four. Um, I reckon we'll probably kick off about five, go for about an hour, hour and a half. And then if you want to get anything signed, uh, photos taken, uh, I think Ian from the Troubadour is going to open one of the bars up upstairs and we can all have a, have a nice relaxing drink there. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I should say to, to those of you who are coming next Sunday who listen to this show, I just want to say thank you so much for for selling it out and uh, supporting us in, in the droves that you are. Um, all the money goes to, to Kerry and Speedo. So it's it's to a good cause, if you see what I mean. Uh, and we should have a cracking afternoon. I'm very much looking forward to it, as I know you two both are as well. So there you go. Um, now, there was going to be... Uh, nope. Uh, that's it. No, I was I was hoping actually that Alex was going to join us. Alex Churchill was going to join us to talk about the uh, the war tour that we're doing um, in June next year. I, I, it's a shame. I need her to come on the show and really do the the full Monty on this because there is nobody better to plug it than her. But uh, hopefully, I'll try and convince her to come on on Friday. See if she's around. But. Uh, Basically, um, Alex, as you know, is a historian, military historian. And uh, a couple of years back, we went to uh, the Somme and Ypres, a whole group of about 15 Chelsea supporters. Um, and uh, Alex did a guided tour around the battlefields and the, the war memorials and that kind of thing. And it was just absolutely brilliant. I mean, she even, you know, if you've got a personal story or, or a relative who, who died in the, in the Great War, She'll do the research and take you to where they, you know, where they died or, or where they fought or whatever. And it's it's absolutely unbelievably interesting and fantastic. Um, uh, and that's only half of it, because the other half of it is uh, getting absolutely shit-faced on Belgian beer and uh, really nice hotels and having a really good... Me and Tony, absolutely... I mean, you know, my roommate Tony, who moaned about my snoring. Well, you know, what can you do? Um, I mean, maybe if I go this year, which I will be, uh, I've lost a lot of weight, so I might snore less. So maybe Tony will forgive me. But we had a cracking time. Everybody got on well. A lot of football chat, banter, and uh, but a lot of learning too from some seriously good historians. I mean, Alex and Johnny Dyer, who used to do the Podding Shed, he'll be there. Andrew Holmes, he's been on this show before. It's really not one to miss. And it is in June, 21st to 24th, 2024. Um, so Go and sign up and join us. There's a few of us already. Um, we hope to have a few more. We hope to have Jonathan Kidd this year. I'll have to speak to my people. Because you you did a no-show last time. You bloody paid for it as well. Paid for it, yeah. I got a job. Silly ass. We missed you, man. We did miss you. Oh, you would have been really fun. You'd have loved it. Yeah, I know. I'd love it. I love the era. I love the, yeah. the, uh, I love the history. I love the... 
the the awfulness of it. I love the um, uh, I love I love the I, I don't know. I, I will be upset by the experience as well. Everybody so. is no, no tears. There's tears, tears yeah. and beers basically. Yeah. Um, anyway, you want to know more? Go to historiatravel.org, I S T O R I A travel.org, and uh, you will find it in there. And uh, sign up and uh, come along. It should be great fun. Now, my final point of this evening is the fact that I've had one eye on the Fulham. Wolves match, Marco. No, no, no! Don't say, don't say, don't say. Um, oh. I'm, I'm not going to say. I won't say the result then, because I know you're waiting for it. But all I will say is, it compounds. I have had a weekend on the Premier Predictions League where I was ninth. I was the top fancaster and have been for the last few weeks, even above the great sage that is Marco Worrell. <laughs> I have had a weekend on the Prem Predictions that makes Chelsea's result against Newcastle look fucking superb. That's all I'm saying. I reckon I'm going to be in minus points after tonight. That's all I'm saying. I think I'll be with you, mate. <laughs> Fucking Dan Silver's let frogged us both, mate. He's in seventh. Is he? Yeah. But Dan's like that, as, as JK said a minute ago. He's a video about that. Yeah, he will be. There'll be a DVD, How I Managed to Be Above Marco and Chidge in the Prem Predictions League. But Dan, <laughs> Dan goes up and down that table, as, as Jonathan was saying, quicker than a tart's draws. So, you know, um, I'm not worried about him. And Martin, Martin's, uh, you know, I, I always look at it. If I'm above you and Martin, then I'm doing well. Yeah, Wickham's the one to watch. He's Mr. Consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. The annoying thing is I did Paul Cannaval's predictions this week and I managed to get him 66 points at the last time I looked. And do you know <laughs> what? Do you know what I did? I thought, well, sorry, Paul, if you can't be asked to do it, I'm just going to do the Pat Nevin route. So I just did 2-1 for every match. And he still got more fucking points than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's why we love it. So there you go. Right, uh, that's all we've got time for tonight. Uh JK and Dean will be back on Friday uh, to look ahead to Chelsea versus Brighton on Sunday because I am off for some therapy, literally, as I'm off to see arguably one of the best live bands on the planet with Chelsea supporter and friend of the show, Mr Andy Cairns on vocals and guitar. So I'm going to have a lot of fun on Friday night. Hopefully if I see Andy beforehand as well, he's, he's a fantastic chap. Um, and JK and well, Dino will be in the hot seat. JK, you, you prepared for this uh, departure? I'm wearing my special underwear. Good, good. <laughs> I might, I might try and get you. Uh, th- nobody's volunteered to come on with you so far, so I might I have to have to do a bit of a rustle around so we can find somebody. And maybe Alex is free because then she can talk about the war tour as well. Uh, I, I have a, a list of people. If you're not, um... yeah, but they're not on the approved list. No, you won't approve of them. I have a list, but you, you they won't be on because you won't approve of them. So no, but I might do if you told me who was on the list. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you privately. Okay, okay, and then I'll then I'll just disapprove of them all. Yeah, any, all of them. Because so none of them would have had a drink with me in the pub, so therefore they don't no, count. And I would send it because they won't have done. So yes, yeah, waste of time. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, definitely J.K. Definitely Dino. Possibly somebody else. Uh, half past seven on Friday for the preview show: Chelsea versus Brighton. So there you go. Um, we we had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks doing. Uh, um, in off the posts we had some great emails we've got a few more in we'll try and do one uh, possibly next week we'll see but if you want your email or whatever read out on the show then uh, send them along to chelseafancast at gmail.com and it will be done Marco lovely to see you as always me old China been a pleasure thank you for having me on your show sir and, uh, lovely and I look forward to seeing you not just at the stall before kickoff on uh on, oh, I, I, I might get Dean to plug this on, on Friday, but the, we've got another over-the-line mental health hub on Sunday, so oh, I, 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 should, I should be popping along, along to there and being around that one. So 
if if you don't know what we're on about, Over the Line uh, is a website that we set up as, as a trust to, you know, help uh, and aid people who are struggling with their mental health. Um, predominantly Chelsea supporters, that's who it's aimed at. Uh, and it's a signposting website, but we now have a match day hub. So uh, uh, if you really are struggling or you just want to find out more, you know, you don't have to be like in a really bad place on the day. But if you've been thinking about it for a while, maybe you're thinking about somebody to talk to, maybe seeing a counsellor, something like that. The mental health team there, that it's 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 uh, populated by people who work for Mind, who are a great uh, mental health organisation, and they can give you a bit of advice, even have a chat with you if you're not feeling too good. So uh, it'll be in the Copthorne Hotel on the on the ground floor as you go in, beyond the escalator on the ground floor. We'll all be there. So uh, uh, I, I will do some tweeting about this before the end of the week. But uh, but there you go. But I'll see you at the stall, Marco, and then uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the Sticks and the Speedy gig. Fantastic. Marvellous stuff. Meraviglioso. Absolutely. Now, Mr. Kidd, lovely to see mm. you as always, old Bean. Thank you. Lovely to be on the show. Lovely to be on the show with Marco. I shall miss you on Friday. Behave yourselves. Yes. I'll have a go. I'll, I'll, uh, Dean normally just lets me speak, so it's good. So everybody who, who feels that they don't hear enough of JK when I'm on, this is your <laughs> chance on Friday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to try and get him a, a Brighton fan on as well for Opposition View. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. I have to self-edit, by the way, when I'm with Dean. I always say, have I said enough, Dean? And he says, yeah, keep going, keep going. I go, okay, good. You know, D- Dean's a bit like, you know, like I used to be lazy. He just thinks, oh, great. I'll just wind up JK and he'll go and I won't have to do anything. It'd be great, you know. But there you go. No, it should be fun. Dean's been doing a great job when he stands in for me. So I shall, I shall actually look forward to listening to it. So there you go. Right. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd and Marco at Gate17 Marco. Uh, you lot out there, lovely to see you all in uh, Mixler as always. And uh, thank you for listening. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.